Good morning, first free will. He got me. He got me. He got me. All right. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. And I'm so glad to be here. My uh, wife, Cassandra, you all have met her. And uh, we are happy, glad. We were blessed to move back to the area uh, about seven months ago. And God just uh, opened the door. You know, sometimes when you're praying as a husband and wife and you try and say, okay, God, what's going to happen? You know, I need to make a move. And then you got to trust him because he is just one of them kind of gods that will make the, make the, you ever heard of the two-leave gates? You ever heard folks say he's going to open the two-leave gates? Well, he opened the gates, sure enough. And we are here, here because of that. I mean, literally between weeks of of her being talking to a, a former boss and they were saying, hey, we, we need to get you back here. And then my, my, uh, my work called and said, hey, we got a position that we're writing it up. We need you here for it. And, and guys, we're back here. And within four weeks, we closed on a six week. We had closed on a house and bought a house. And it was it was something uh, uh, from putting on the roof to. So it's, it's orchestrated of God to be here. And then I met I met Pastor Aaron uh, in passing because of where because he volunteers for Red Cross. And I, I worked with Red Cross the last going on nine years now. Uh, but I was in Memphis. And so as Red Cross works, uh, it brings a lot of people together. And so while I was there and coming back and helping and serving here, I was the director of Red Cross in Memphis. And so God said, well, I want you to come back and be the state executive officer in Mississippi. And so he opened the door. And so Aaron and I have gotten the chance to fellowship pastor uh, and his wife and, uh, and serve in our community as this uh, beloved body here uh, admires and does. And so being the hands and feet of Christ, Aaron and I have crossed paths and he called me up one day uh, and, uh, and said, hey, uh, what do you feel about coming and speaking uh, to First Free Will? I said, well, I guess I'm ready to go. If God put it on your heart, uh, I'm coming. Uh, he's going to make a way. I, I'm kind of like this. I'm old fashioned that God opens the door uh, and I don't touch God's doors. I don't, I don't close his doors. I, I try not to open them for him. I don't, I don't try to assist him. But when doors are open, then I go say, okay, God, how are you going to make this happen? I see you, you open the door. So apparently there's going to be time on my schedule to do it. So I don't fuss and fight anymore. You know, I'm a big guy, but I can't, you can't, I can't wrestle with God. Okay. I'm a big, they they think I'm pretty strong, but I tell you, I am nothing compared to what God can do and will do in our lives. And so as we uh, venture in the word today, I'm not going to take the two hours that Pastor Aaron usually takes. (laughs) Please just, 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 just be thankful for that. And uh, I bless him and his wife in his absence. You have one of the sweetest, most nicest pastors uh, that you could ever have, and I could tell it from the spirit walking in the church and just the warmth. You know, you don't have to uh, have to just do it. People, we are spiritual beings, amen? Uh, we're body, soul, and spirit. And I tell people all the time 
that you don't, it doesn't take much for someone to know whether or not they're comfortable or can be comfortable in coming and fellowshipping with you or, or any being around you. It's just a matter of the atmosphere that you set in the spirit of God. And here at Free Will, I would tell those online or anywhere, if you God need a church home and you want to fellowship with some believers that know how to give you a smile and a hug and, and, and just, just talk to you like good old folks, you need to be over here at Free Will. And we fellowship together. I'm the outreach pastor at Harvest Celebration in Byram. And uh, that's recently happened probably about two or three, uh, maybe two months, if that. Uh, And so we have been able to be uh, in several ministries. And God has allowed us to, to everywhere we go, he's opened the door to share and and speak the word of God. Uh, Today, before we go in prayer, let's consider um, a few portions of scripture. We're just coming out of Thanksgiving, and so let's go into the scriptures here. Uh, Let's go with Matthew 22 and 34 through 40. And we're going to read there, uh, and I read it maybe a little different on your screen, but it's the same uh, context. So Matthew 22, 34 through 40, we'll start 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees, to silence, or in our words, in their place, okay, they were, they were gathered together discussing the situation. You know, you know how it is, you know. I heard what happened over there at the Pharisee, over at the Sadducees church, and I heard that he put them in their place. They ain't got nothing to say, you know. And so then one of them, which was a lawyer, we got any lawyers over here at the church? Anybody that's got a, you know, they, they kind of know the situation, and so they're going to speak up for the group. I understand. I know we all we can. So the lawyer asked him a question, tempted him, and saying in verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? He had put the Sadducees in their place, so the lawyer want to make sure that, first of all, before we get to going in this discussion, I'm gonna, I want to ask what's the first one so we can get this straight so we don't have to have you talking to us the way you talk to them. Okay, so, and Jesus said unto him, verse 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And verse 39, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. I want to say Amen. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. If I, verse 1, I mean verse 34. If I speak in tongues and, of men and, or of angels, but do not love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am what? Nothing. If I give all my my, all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have 
love, I gain nothing. I don't want a song used to say, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Y'all might not know that's the old song. Uh, the young people in here don't know that. Y'all don't know that. We ask your granny when you, when you get home and about, about that. So, you know. Anyway, let's go. Love is patient. Someone say love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with, with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. So our subject today is how to love the way of the believer. How to love the way of the believer. Now, some of y'all, none of y'all are probably Star Wars fans or Mandalorian and the baby. You know, anybody Mandalorian? No, no, Mandalorian. And so the Mandalorians have a little saying like, it is the way. So if you remember anything, I want you to repeat out to me, it is the way. It is the way. Love is the way of the believer. It is a sacred oath that we take on the behalf of God, who the scripture says, God is what? Love. If we are to be God's agents in this land, we have to educate, not ex- I mean execute love on the behalf of the one that sent us. You may have to go back and watch Disney and watch his own Disney Plus, his Mandalorian, and he's delivering the baby. Well, your baby that you got to deliver as a believer is love. It's love to your community. It's love in your family. It's love to those that you see, that you know, and that you don't know. If we fail as believers to deliver the baby, the baby will die. It cannot stay just with us. Any mother will tell you, anyone in the, in, the, in the doctor field will tell you that no baby stays in its place. It has to grow. You have to, the baby has to go. So love is that type of thing that we have to know. Love is in spirit, three things, spirit, truth, and action. Spirit, truth, and action. Think of it as a bar stool. If you snatch one of those legs off that bar stool, a three-legged bar stool, you don't have a stool anymore. You're about to fall. And so we have to understand that we can't focus on, on things that are not executed in love. And we have to live in a way that our atmosphere is love. What do you mean by that, Elder Brown, Pastor Brown? That means when people surround us, like I came into church, there was an atmosphere of love. What does that mean? When I came in, I got a hearty hello, a smile, a handshake. I asked for, where Brother Tim at? Brother Tim's back there at thing back there. Brother Tim's there at me. Brother Tim said, okay, we got you taken care of. That's a spirit of love and kindness. Thy love and kindness 
is better than life. Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise thee. Such will I praise thee. I will lift up my hands unto thy name. Thy loving kindness. And it's that atmosphere that you have as a believer that changes. It cannot be dictated to or demanded to change on situational awareness. What am I saying? Whatever crowd you in, honey, wherever you are, if love is not the ultimate end goal, you have to shine the light of love in it. That's your goal. It is the way of the believer. We're not just believers when we come to church. We're believers at home. We're believers in Walmart. Just the other day, I had a park picked out, and the gentleman in a, you know, car apparently didn't know my intentions of getting that park. So he got that park before me. Matter of fact, he backed up some, turned in when I was coming to turn in, but he had to know I had picked out that park. And so what in my flesh and not being who I am, I could have said and went to him, sir, I'm upset that you, but no, love don't do, love, love covers a multitude of faults. Amen? So I don't go and express myself in a way that doesn't seem to be loving. I go about my business and pray for myself. I don't need to pray for him because he has no idea what I'm thinking at that point in time. I'm just trying. To, it was in Kroger parking lot, y'all. You know how you're going in this Thanksgiving time. You try to get that part. I had to show love to myself. Because I'm about to get upset because he got my park. They had not reserved that park for me. I had not put my name on that park. I had not paid one dime for that park. But that park, when I pulled up in there, it had my name on it. I saw it first. And my emotions and all those things within me driving, I want to say I got good insurance, so I just should just tap him on the back. But love, as a believer, is the way. So I had out the love blanket. Uh, anybody ever had a good quilt? You ever know when you're cold and somebody put a good quilt on? You ever fell asleep and somebody come along and mama or grandmama put that quilt over you? And it just make you feel off. That's what I had to let my love do. It had to cover me. And it had to be a big quilt because I'm a big guy. So God got plenty of quilts for me. I could not let, not let my love be evil spoken of. Oh, I felt like I was in the right because I had designated my park. And sometimes we in ourselves, you ever put what's mine on something and nobody else knows that's yours and you get offended because they had no clue that was yours. We, I do it with my wife. She'll do it with me. I didn't say that that was my drink and the only drink left in the house and I didn't, you couldn't have it because I did pledge my love to her that whatever mine is yours and yours is mine. Anybody ever had that line crossed in the house and you just had to Oh, Lord, I can't leave nothing in the refrigerator because he going to eat it. Little boy going there and just snatch daddy's crackles right out of the bag. Daddy going to get you. Now, you got the love now. You got the love. You can't be. I hope y'all getting some out of this day. And so uh, 
God, Jesus had gone over to the Sadducees and got them straight, and then the Pharisees was, uh, they were, saw him coming, right? And so they said, well, well let's get ahead of this thing. And said, let me, let me ask you, well, well, what is the greatest one? Because we want to get on top. See, the, the thing about the, 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 the Pharisees, they were the strict part of the Jews, okay? They, they were the ones that wanted to follow the law. So you had the lawyer that said, hey, I, we just want to know what to do right so we can get it right. Now, the Sadducees were the socialites of the, the Hebrews or the, the Jews, I mean, the, the Jews, and they were the Sadducees. So they had connections in the political area. So, so Jesus had to get them straight, but he was coming over because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God, and he needed to get love on the plate. So if you're going to be so holy that you can't love, you have regressed to not being holy. And so Jesus was going, he didn't stop at the Sadducees. He was getting everybody straight. He's like, okay, you want to be sad? I'll be the Sadducees with you. But today you want to be Pharaoh? I will be Pharisees with you today. And they knew it was coming. So he said, let me just lay this down for you. First of all, we can walk according to the law. We can know all the Bible that we want to know. But if you can't execute it in the right spirit and right mindset, we're all for naught. You are not executing it in the love of God, love of Christ. I put it like this. Being a guy, you probably have figured out. I've probably eaten my share of steaks, chicken, turkey, collard greens. I probably had some of that. I'm, pretty, I'm an expert. I'm a professional expert in tasting and facilitating dinner. Okay? So, I know what I, I've elevated, because all of my times I hadn't been this, but I have experienced a grass-fed, a grass-finished steak. Wait a minute now. A grass-fed steak is different from a grass-fed and grass-finished steak. Okay? I didn't know this. But I have come to learn. But what I did, what I do know in life, is that if I take that Wagyu, y'all may not know, y'all might look up this Wagyu steak. I told you I'm a professional, so sometimes I may speak high-eaten high in here. I'm not speaking sausages and, and uh, butt red beans and rice right now. I'm talking Wagyu, okay? That's a Japanese steak that's got marble all through it, and it's just the most gorgeous thing you could ever eat. I know y'all salivating right now, but it's the love of God in me that's preaching to y'all this morning that is causing me to say that somebody in here deserves a steak today. And I want to let you know that Wagyu, that grass-fed, grass-fed beef, is something else to behold. But I guarantee you, if I was at the finest restaurant, let's say this is free will, uh, uh, first, first free will, Baptist church of the steak, okay? And I come here, and this is the finest restaurant, which is very beautiful in here. It's wonderful, and the tables are set, and they give me all the service. And they have done this steak up. The brothers and the deacons in the back, that's the shelf, have done this steak so well. It's medium well, which I like it, and it's just wonderful. They got all the side height. But then when they come out and come to the table, Mr. Brown, how are you doing? We're just glad to have y'all today. And they got this plate, but the plate got dried old food on it. It's a, it looks like a garbage can, but the steak is grass-fed, grass-fed. It's in the presentation. You can say you love somebody, and you can do stuff, but you ever had somebody that had a nasty spirit doing something good? 
It is just the worst thing you could ever have. Jesus don't want us to have the trying to serve stuff good and being nasty about it. Come on, folks. I can't have I can't have folks with a bad spirit and saying they loving somebody and trying to do something. If you don't want to be here, boo-boo, go ahead and go on and get yourself together. God ain't mad at us getting ourselves together. Everybody got fault. Whenever you see somebody standing up and, and they doing whatever, everybody got faults. But God come along and put that quilt on you. And he said, love covers a multitude of faults. And you get that grandmama love. And it gets warm. And it allows you to be in comfort of the Lord, of the arms of God, for you to understand and express yourself. God, I have a weakness. I need to love more. We need it in our homes. Sometimes we'll be at work. We'll give folks at work more grace than we will the folks at home. That they're not breathing with us. That when we go, when we get the flu and snotting with us, and we won't give them no grace. But we got to give folks grace everywhere. You are the called of God, and it is the way. Someone say, it is the way. Love is the way. And we have to deliver this to the world. We want, I want you to ask God to expand your ability to love and that you will walk like God in it. It's that type of love that whoever you meet doesn't have to earn your compassion. They don't have to, but your heart is so equipped to share, not a scripture, but the living word embodied in you. Want you to expand that God's love will equip you in such a way that it doesn't matter who you see, that you're able, they don't have to earn your love. Why? Because God, and yet when we were sinners, found the grace. Now, we have to understand God. That's how amazing this is. God, who hates sin, the Bible records that he hates sin. But he loved you, man enough, to make a way to come from sin to be able to access him. For God so loved the what? World that he gave his only what? Begotten Son, that whoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so God expanded himself to where no matter who it is, how deep sin they're in or how wrong they're in, my love can expand to include them. And we have to walk to deliver the baby just like that. We know that people are wrong, but it covered, love will give access. When people are wrong, they're wrong. But there's also the love of God. The love of God. Love is both emotional. It is emotional. Yeah, I'm emotional about my wife. But I guarantee you when her birthday comes around, I better be having some action behind my emotion. She'll say, oh, it's no good, it's not right. I mean, the husband, we got him. Ray can't help. Can't help. Okay, husband. All our experiencing gentlemen in here, have known. If you do not know, please take my class one-on-one on how not to be in the favor of God. And if you do not want to be in the favor of God, miss your wife's birthday. No, your wife is not God, but it's the way. It is the way. Now, she can say all that you want, all the beautiful words, but I know what my actions say. And when my actions say, when I do good actions, it gets the proper reaction. 
Do you like to enter the kingdom? I do like to enter the kingdom. My first kingdom is with my wife. Because I'm going to do the actions. I'm going to act like I'm going to act like the love of God. I'm going to do some things. I'm going to be it's going to be emotional. Yeah, honey. Ooh, I, oh, I feel you. Oh, uh, but I'm going to do some actions. And that's what we have to do to show the love of God. We can say a lot of things and we can be emotional. Matter of fact, emotions, even when you get mad, is a sign of love for your wife. But you got to angle it, gentlemen. You got to angle, you got to aim that, you know, you got to, my wife tell me, like, I just, I just don't like your response. You hadn't responded the way I think you should respond. I had to find out, I was like, what? You, you, the, the wives in here know. When they, you want your husband to defend you, there's a way you want him to say it. You way you want him to stand up. And he had to figure that out. He can't read your mind, but hopefully the God that he serves will. See, that's why every husband needs to be saved. Because God will give you some anointing to act just like your wife would want you to act in the time you need to act. All the rest of the times is all right for you to be just simply you. But you know that, Lord, if you love the Lord and he heard your cry, you would be crying, Lord, help me. (laughs) We're talking about love. And if you are a believer, I will say this again, it is the way. If you are Especially Mary, it's the way. Love can be angry and sin not. All right for you to be, I, every wife, every husband, let me give you the legal right. You have the right to be angry at your husband. Your husband has the right to be angry at you. But what you cannot do, you cannot sin. That's the way. That's the love way. God gets angry. He's, he was upset. His most precious creation did exactly what he said not to do. But in the time that he was upset, he made a way back to him. Isn't God awesome? God is awesome. We don't want our way to be disqualified about how our way goes, how we do it. We want to make sure that we give it all to God. And we say love is indeed, love is is an emotion, love is a spirit. Love is all these things and is embodied in the presentation. You are equipped to love. And the thing about it is, in our day, the whole thing is to not get us to love as God is loved. Love is where heaven touches earth with you in the middle. Love is where heaven touches earth with you in the middle. You are the conduit. You are where our society gets what they need to live effectively to live for Christ. I see it all the time. You hear people like, oh, how did did they go down that road? Because they're not living for Christ. How could they treat someone like that? Because they look, and, and society wants the same thing. They want the same values and they want the same results, but they're not following the path or the way of love. But I think I got some folks in here that's going to do the love thing, that's going to show and follow the way, and follow the way. One thing about Mandalorian, and I'll wrap up my message here, the Mandalorians were dedicated to the way. 
They wouldn't remove their mask, wouldn't remove that thing that made them who they were for anything in the world. They accomplished their mission through that particular thing, their, their whole outfit and demeanor. They had a, a loyalty to it. Let's not let our loyalty be grounded in earthly things. Let them be grounded in heavenly things that affect the things on earth. It is the way. It is the way of God. We are the one that carry that light. We're the only ones that do it. And our goal is to pass the light to somebody else so they can feel the warm quilt, that they can feel and know, and not just from things, but that inner warmth that carries and changes us, that we know we have faults, but we pray to the Father who forgives us and helps us heal inside. If you're, you're a believer in here today and there are things in your life that you need to heal from, let the warmth of the Father, the love of the Father heal you and be and face it head on. You'll, you'll recover from it. It won't kill you. It's not unto death. But the enemy wants us to fear applying love. That one that's so close to you, your wife or your husband, I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of it. I'm like, I don't want to say nothing because I'm afraid she'll get mad. Afraid he'll get upset. Well, one thing that we said to each other is that we will respect each other out of love. I don't talk to her like out of anger. I don't talk to her out of spite. I do express that she, she has plenty of questions. My wife has a thousand questions. I don't know anybody else's wife. I had to get used Literally, when we were dating, we were riding in the truck somewhere one day. I can't forget that night. And I told her, I said, I don't want you to change. But what I will tell you is it's going to take me a while to adjust to all these questions. I'm not used to all these questions. Anybody else get asked questions? Some of the gentlemen here, can anybody else get asked questions? I, it don't end. Now, you can get better. What you can do, gentlemen, in love, get better at answering the questions. Now, right now, I'm at three answers, Okay. Still not, I'm still working on answer number four. But once I get to three, I'm going to hit the wall. When I just ask, Lord, baby, forgive me, because I'm just, I'm, I'm tapped out. I can't, I can't do no more. I can't answer no more questions. I don't have the answer to it. And when you're, have you ever been and your wife asked you a question, you just feel like you've got to know the answer? Whew, Lord, have mercy. But out of love, she spares me. And I spare her, because I get irritated with the questions I'm in. But God causes us to love each other. Causes us to love each other. And her asking questions is not unto death. It's not. But in that moment, you know, it's like, why are you asking me these questions? Because <laughs> yeah. we're emotional. But glory be to God, we have the mission to love. We're so thankful to God for what he's done for us and what he's given us. Let's be thankful in the mode of loving and forgiving. First of all, I appreciate your attention today and I pray that God blesses you. Pastor Avery, God bless you and God keep you.